it's Scott Church, and this is my podcast, Scott Church, American Photographer, brought to you by the Downtown Lounge, Lebanon's premier sports bar. Enjoy the show. Any problem with doing the podcast while you have your makeup done there, Miss Emily? No. Okay, because what's this podcast about? Oh, the podcast is just about anything we want to talk about. It's usually about 20, 25 minutes long. Oh, That's usually what it's about. But sometimes it can be longer. We should probably... Alexa, we should stop the music. Thank you, dear. Alexa, tell us a joke. What does Aladdin wear to the office on casual Fridays? His blue genies. (laughs) So there you go. That's how we're going to start things. So, Emily, tell me all about your life. What have you been up to? Ah, well, I've been running... Well, working with a friend of mine on his other podcast, I'm in the process of putting together a documentary about um, fetish, BDSM, yeah. um, and normal normalization of the two. Um, kind of helping people understand the fact that you know, like the fetish world and the regular world are the same world. It's the same people. They're just living double lives, kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm tired of like the negative stigma that comes with it. So I'm doing a lot of that. Um, and then, you know, on it, honestly, I've been working my my day job yeah. a lot. Doing Have you business, been shooting? Business sales. Not too much. I've, I've been, I've, with my health and the day job, I haven't had too much time to shoot much, honestly. I've been doing more fetish sessions than anything. Yeah. Because um, my rope's kind of been taking off for me. So I've been doing a lot of that. And um, there, I have a friend that we're doing, like, DNS shows at biker events. So, like, we're going down to the East Coast Sturgis event to do that. So, like, I've been putting... What's DNS? Dom-sub shows. Like, we're we're pretty much pushing the limits as far as we possibly can to the extent of the law um, until they shut us down. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's our goal. So, how how, how far are your shows going to Um, push the limits to the extent of the law? It depends on what state I'm in. Give me a general description of a performance, like, if you were trying to convince me to let you do it here well so so like some of them it depends on where we're at so like because it depends on the state so like we're going down to daytona and in daytona at that event we we're allowed to get down to full nude we're allowed to get down to implied sex as long as it's not actual sex on stage um but our east coast surges event they don't want all of that so like we're allowed to get down to implied sex as long as our clothes stay on okay so it's like my my friend that runs it is um she's a dom so it's like we do well for the show that we're doing in daytona she's putting up a stripper pole we're bringing in a fire breather i'm doing um my rope suspensions um and 
yeah, we're just kind of, like, going from there, and, like, as her, as the Dom, with, like, three or four of us, however many we can find for the different acts, as her subs and her, like, you know, like, kind of like a post, I mean, not like a postmaster, but, like, like a circus master, like, you know, hey, okay, now you, now you're allowed to do your act, now you're allowed to do your act, kind of a thing. Right. And then she's going to interact with each of us during our individual acts. Okay. So, yeah, stuff like that. So how has that been going? Where have you been doing shows? Well, we ha- I, I haven't been doing shows. We're in the process of planning all of the shows oh, okay. right now. Um, we Yeah, because we went down to Florida together a couple months ago and just kind of like did the planning stuff while we were down there. And we did a couple of photo shoots together. I tied a suspension and put myself 30 feet above her head upside down. It's good times. Um, Just kind of show her my abilities, more or less, because she's been doing the shows for a while. It's kind of her thing. So um, I've more or less just been showing her what I'm capable of. And then we have DC Fetball coming up. That's also in October. So when DC Fetball comes up, I'm putting my rope on the runway. Um, and she's also the one that runs DC Fetball. So, okay. like, we've just kind of been in the talking stages right now of, okay, well, how, how are we going to make this work? Right. Um, but, yeah, come next month. Next month's August, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, come next month, we have East Coast Sturgis for a week. And that, we're just setting up, like, a booth, like a domination booth. Um, where bikers can come up and whatever and be whipped and spanked. And um, we're going to do wax play and... We're possibly trampling those types of things at our booth, as well as selling cigars, actually. No, oh, well, that, that works together perfectly. Yeah, why not? Um, but I'm the thing I'm most excited about that's coming up, so there's a, um, there's a group. I can't think of what their group name is called right now, though. There's a group of motorcyclists that have an act where, like, they, they ride on the walls of... Um, like of the circuit, like of the circus tent, but there's like this metal cage that goes horizontally, and they they ride on the walls of it. Well, last year my friend was asked to collab with them, and they put her in the center while all the bikes like ran around and whatever. So this year, like playing with her whips and doing her little dom show in the center. Well, this year since they now know that I do rope and I self suspend, they're looking to put me at the top of their circus tent my friend underneath with her whips and all the bikes running around us. Sounds like quite the spectacle. I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome. And then I have a friend that's a videographer, so we're talking about hooking a GoPro into my rope for it, so it should be pretty awesome. It sounds like it could be pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited. But, yeah, that's really all I've been up to. But it's good to be busy. I've been very busy. Busy with 12 different things. Just none of it, none of it's the same every day. <laughs> yeah. So that's the life at the moment, huh? Pretty much. I'm just planning and getting ready for life to get crazy. Yeah. Because in October, I just had a friend call me the other day. And she's like, hey, are you willing to go to Germany and serve beer at Oktoberfest? Yeah. Who <laughs> says no to that? Um, so she has a friend over there because, like, when she was in the army, she was over there for several years. So she has a friend over there that has a bar and they need. Um, people to help serve beer and they had asked her to go and she's like well can I bring a friend of mine along so I guess the end of September beginning of October her and I are going to um, Germany for a week and then I come home and go to Florida where are you going in Germany um I don't know yet all I know 
she's planning everything. So all I know is she wants to take a day while we're over there and go over to Paris. She wants to hit Switzerland while we're over there. Um, and we're serving beer for at least three days while I'm there. So I, I don't, we don't really have like a hard fast plan yet, but like her and I hadn't talked in like three months and she just calls me the other day and that was her first question to me. Okay. Hey, are you willing to go to Germany? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Who can I find that's crazy enough to, to, <laughs> to, to actually do this at a moment's notice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, right now I'm just like trying to, well, I was supposed to go on my trip. I was supposed to be in Maine right now, but then I went, went to the ER and whatever and got those results. So I don't necessarily want to travel by myself right now because I'm passing out. That's what's happening. Um, okay. out of the random, I'm just like going out. Um, and they have no explanation for it. So, if I'm in Maine, in the woods, and have no cell service, and I pass out, that's a problem. Yeah. So, I'm just, you know, giving myself some time to relax and get life here under control so that when this August event comes up, and then, you know, at starting the end of September, I'm literally on the road for, like, five weeks. So... It's all about prepping right now. <laughs> yeah. You should make sure you're healthy or as healthy as you can be. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, well, I, sch- I schedule doctor's appointments now. So, like, I was supposed to go on, the, on my tour. I was supposed to leave last Friday. And I didn't leave because, you know, of my health and whatever. So then this week I have doctor's appointments set up to get myself back to good so that I can do my bigger events and hopefully reschedule the tour that I had to cancel. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully. If it all works out. I, so how did it, you find yourself in the middle of all of this stuff to begin with? I have, <laughs> I have no idea. So a friend of mine, well, my friend that runs um, DC's Fetball, she is, um, well, last year I walked on the runway for their, their event, and um, then she had seen my rope stuff and had asked about, you know, going to Florida together and working together a little bit while I was down here. And I, I was doing an East Coast trip at the same time she was planning on going to Florida. So it just worked out that I was able to, like, pick her up at the airport and my grandparents have a house down there. So, like, it saved it saved both of us. Um, and then, you know, from hanging out that week that we were in Florida together, we've just kind of been building from there. And we keep finding more and more things that we're like, oh, listen, your mind is thinking this? Wait, hold on. Nobody else's mind's thinking this, but yours is too? Okay. Now we're going to work all this together. Um, we've just kind of been building from there, which has kind of been awesome. But yeah, I, I don't know. She just keeps hitting me up and saying, Hey, so are you willing to do this? Why not? <laughs> it's kind of been a back and forth of that though. Cause I, like I was at the beach the other day and, um, down at Ocean City, Jersey. And it was, I guess it was about two months ago. Probably wasn't the other day, but <laughs> everything's the, the other, other day. day. You know, as long as it was less than a year ago, it was the other day. But <laughs> but we were um, down at the beach, and, like, all of the places were closed. Like, there was no businesses in the on the boardwalk. Like, some of them, but the other half of the boardwalk was empty. And we're like, what in the world? What happened to the beach? It used to be you'd come down here, and the boardwalk was full. Um, so we were thinking of business options to put down the boardwalk. And, you know, of course, she was the first one that I called. Hey! If I put a dungeon at the boardwalk, are you willing to come down here and work with me? And, you know, so that's just kind of how things have been working is I I come up with random stuff like that or she comes up with, hey, you know, I have this event and I need staff for it. Can you help me find staff? And just been building off of that. So as she finds events, we're 
or people that want to work together. We're just kind of going and doing it. Are things like turning into like realities for you? Or they're, are people booking this? Yes. Is there money being changed hands? Is Unfortunately, there... yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's turning in, it's turning into a bigger project than what I had entailed whenever I had initially like started talking about it because initially I just wanted to put my rope on the runway because a lot of my rope stuff's fashion and I'm like, you know, it would be really cool to be able to tie fashion stuff and put it on on runway. Right. Um especially at a fetish ball. That's perfect oh, yeah. time. So originally that was all I wanted to do. And then she had somebody that dropped out of the shows for that did it did the shows with her last year. So then she was by herself. And she's like, okay, well since you you know, you do all this stuff, are you willing to help me with this? Okay, sure, but like I said, it's it's kind of gone from I'm doing one thing to now I'm doing like seven. Right. But that's how things work, though. That's how things grow. And sure, yeah, I, of course. I'm, I mean, look, you have to have irons in the fire. You have to have you know plans for things. But the the question is, do you do you see it as as you know something that's going to be able to 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 pay some bills for you, or is it is I, it random planning for things that may or may not come together and even if they do you might not get paid for it well see right now it's kind of random because we just we just made the decision like three months ago to officially collaborate so like she hasn't been able to book stuff until we made that decision um but now she has two weeks booked for me um well i have a week booked in august and a week booked in october that are definite definite bookings okay um and the the vendors are are giving us like a free spot in some lo- in, like in some of the different locations because they want our show there. Sure. So you know anything that we make after that is is ours. Okay. So you know there, there's potential to make the income. I haven't gone to any events, so I can't say for sure yet. Right. But it, the potential's there because we're the only show that's doing that stuff at these events. So anybody that has interest in that type of a thing, I mean. There is somebody that has interest, but they haven't made the you know the big the big leap to go to a dungeon. You know, it it kind of gives them an opportunity to try things before making that big decision. Well, not only that, but it gives you the 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 you you become the person to try them with. You yeah. become the the you know the person that they know, especially in in non fetish environments. Yeah. And you know. I'm well, and I'm also like there's um, a swingers club, the Corral over in Spring Grove, and I'm actually going over there also, and um, I've kind of become that person over there too for people that have like never been in rope, but right. they want to try it. Um, I've I found myself doing that a lot, um, but that's not necessarily like for money. It's more or less for my experience for sure. me to try things too. But as tiny as I am, um, people are less intimidated than you know some big big guy that's like, hey, let me take you to my basement. Like, right. that's a little intimidating. Um, but I don't know. It's It's been working out where, like, people that are have been intimidated by it in the past have kind of, it seems like they've found an outlet through me where, okay, I'm intimidated by, by this, but I want to try it, and you're a comfortable person. Right. So they've been trying things that way in, in multiple different situations. Like, even at, even at different studios, like, I have models that will come up to me, and they're like, hey... I've always wanted to try this, but I didn't know, you know, like I didn't, I I don't know the safety stuff of it. I don't want to get hurt and I don't want just a stranger tying me up. I understand that Um, because a lot of what I'm teaching is the safety aspects of it because I've just, I've heard a lot of horror stories lately about 
dangerous things that have been happening with people that think that they know how to tie rope or that have never tried rope before and they tell the model, oh, it's just a trust thing, but they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and if the model doesn't know what to expect and they don't know the safety things, that can get really dangerous really quick. Sure, yeah. I mean, especially if you're dealing with somebody that has no idea what the fuck they're doing. And well, and especially when you're across the country by yourself and they have you tied up in a dangerous position. Hmm. Um, because, so that's kind of what happened to me and that's why I started tying rope. So in February of 2017, I had a guy tie me in Boston because um, another model had booked the shoot and I had assumed that she had reference checked and things. She had been modeling longer than I have. Sure. I was kind of looking up to her um, and I got up there to the shoot that was supposed to be at a, at a studio and we ended up in an abandoned warehouse in Boston. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, like we checked out the location the day before. I well, I drove my car around the the meet, like the perimeter. I wanted to know every way out because I was right. eh. so we show up to the shoot and whatever. And um, the guy had no idea what he did, what he was doing. I'm pretty sure he was a producer that enjoyed the bondage aspect of production, but never learned anything about rope. So right. like he enjoyed the way it looked. And, and enjoyed, like, the acting of pretending to put it on, but when you're tying tight knots, you need to know what you're doing. Yeah. So at one point, he had had my legs tied to a pole, my friend was tied, he had a gag in my mouth, and then tied my wrists tightly together and attempted to shove rope in between them. I'm trying to tell him that that's not okay, that hurts, and he's non-responsive, just continues to do so. Yeah. So at that point, we finished the scene and whatever, um, and the other model later informed me that she had never reference-checked and she met the guy on FetLife, so, like... Super dangerous. Um, I don't travel with anybody else anymore for this reason. But that, from that point, I decided I was going to start tying rope and make sure that the models knew the safety stuff. Because if I would have known the safety stuff, I would have never let them tie me with a gag in my mouth. Right. In the first place. I was at um, a tattoo convention recently that they were doing um, rope suspensions mm -hmm. at. And I got really annoyed at the guy that was doing it because cause I was standing in line for a contest and they were doing these suspensions while the contests were going on so I was sitting there watching it mm -hmm. and the girl the way he had her tied up her arms were turning blue and it was stressing me out because he just kept pulling her up tighter and tighter and tighter and her arms were like blue purple like turning all these crazy shades of that's dangerous. Not <laughs> what they should be. But then I got really pissed off because he had a blindfold on her. And I don't, from what I was hearing, he was not communicating with her, like, what um, she, what he was going to be doing with her. And he basically tied her leg up, like, so she was completely spread leg in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And I don't. If that, to, if that was out of her comfort zone, to then me, that's not okay. it was just something that shouldn't be happening, especially if she was blindfolded, like that she was open legged like that. Yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. screwed up. And I just felt I felt really bad for her. I was like, she first of all, she looks like she's in pain, and second of all, she's really in a compromising position in front of a lot of people, and people were taking photos of her See, with her leg up in the air like that, that's, and that's an issue. For it me. just wasn't okay. I was so pissed off. See, it becomes an issue for me that they were taking photos and that he was not communicating. Mm -hmm. Because, like, like okay, so, like, whenever I go over to the corral, we, there's a St. Andrew's cross over there, and it's for public play and whatever, and, like, yeah, I get, I've been tied to the cross twice in the past two weeks, and it's all public, and that's all fine, 
However, there's no cameras allowed in the facility. Mm-hmm. Like, and my dom is communicating with me the entire time. Right. If I'm not okay, we stop. But it's, like, it's, she's just, she's like in front of this huge crowd of people. She has her legs spread up in the air. Her arms are blue. And just these men are just like going up and like taking photos of her crotch. And I was just like, this is horrible. Like, this guy should not even be doing this like I felt disrespectful yeah it just it just didn't feel like a safe situation to me like so I I have to sit and you know appreciate the things that you're trying to do because scary people aren't that way no and they and they aren't actually there's a girl that um I'm beginning a relationship with and she she even tells me all the time like because I've tied her a couple of times and every time I tie her she's like you're so nice she's like I don't most of my doms aren't like this. She's like, you you check on me so often. Yeah, I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, but I want to know that you're okay. Like, I need to double check every five minutes to yeah. make sure that, you know, that, to make sure that that knot that I just tied isn't going to slide at all. Um, because it's, it's dangerous, and it's dangerous even after you're in the rope. Or that it's cutting your skin, or... Yeah. Cutting off circulation. circulation. It, well, or, it, yeah. It, it, exactly. I mean, most of my stuff I don't tie super-duper tight because I'm, I fear that, like, severely. Um, if I'm tying on somebody else. Now, granted, if I'm tying on myself, I can feel if something's mm-hmm. going wrong. But if I'm tying on somebody else, it's generally loose enough that you're, it's not going to mess up circulation. Um, however... If I'm tying on somebody that I've never tied with before, the communication aspect is the hardest thing. Because, like, sometimes people won't communicate with you and because they want to push themselves because, you know, they've seen other people handle it so they can obviously handle it. Um, and then and then they put themselves in compromising situations by accident, which then puts the dom in a compromising situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a girl go into a panic attack in my rope one time. Ooh. That was the scariest thing that's ever happened. Um, I had her in a box tie with her hands behind her back and a chest harness. Um, and she was kneeled on, like kneeling on the floor, and the photographer was sitting like in front of her taking these photos. And I had tied her, and I'm like, okay, are you good? Yeah. Well, she had never been in rope before, so I'm like, okay, are you sure? Yeah, okay. And then I let her sit and start her shoot, and as she's shooting, she's, like, doing one of these. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, seriously, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And then she'd stop for a couple seconds, and then she'd, like, wrestle around again. And I'm like, I can take your hands out, because the way I tie, I always have two ways out. I can always undo my last knot or my first knot, um, just in case. And so I was like, if you're, if you're not okay, I can take your hands out. She's like, no, 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 I'm good. Well, no sooner did she say that, and, like, five minutes later, and her entire body is just, like, going back and forth, trying to get out of this rope. Right. So, thank God the photographer that was with me um, had, a, had a relationship with her that they, they had been friends for a while. So, like, he was able to get her to calm down long enough that I could get her hands out. But and as soon as, literally as soon as I dropped her hands, her panic attack stopped. Right. It was just it was just being in in that it's confined just that environment. Confinement thing was was just racking her brain sideways and and yeah she didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, but with with bondage, if you can't communicate, it makes it very dangerous very quick. Because yeah. if I wouldn't have tied the way that I tie, um, she very easily her rustling around the way that she was very easily could have made one of my knots move and pinched her or caused 
and not to lock where it wasn't supposed to, or it, it could have caused so much. But thank God I tie where I have, you know, two ways out all the time. Because if I would have had to undo the whole thing, she would have probably been in a panic attack the entire time that I was trying to untie her. And that's just crazy to have to deal with when you're that, that's, trying to help somebody. And they're, I mean, it's like trying to save a drowning person that's flailing and freaking out. Well, exactly. And I mean, I had my shears with me because, you know, you're, you should always have shears with you so that you can cut somebody out if you have to. But if I have two ways out, then I can kind of save the rope and save the person. Which is kind of preferred. Rope's yeah. expensive. Yeah, rope ain't cheap. <laughs> um, but now, you know, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I'm just trying to normalize the fetish world. Because it's normal in my life. So, trying to change the stigmas. I'm sure a lot of people are listening and thinking, wow, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But this is my normal life. How did you get into this in the first place? Um, like I said, I was tied in Boston, and after that, I'm like, you know what? If people like this can tie, um, I need to know the safety risks, and I'm not gonna let anybody else put rope on me except for me. Right. Um, because it's dangerous, and I don't want to ever be in that situation again. So I started tying myself, and once I started tying myself. Then I had some people that, you know, gave me backlash for doing bondage because I wasn't certified, but there is no certification. So instead of, you know, instead of getting upset about it, I was just like, okay, you know what? I'll just start tying fashion. So I started tying fashion rope on myself and people started seeing it. And then I'd go up to um, the studio and I just had models that were just like, hey, right. it's really pretty. So then I started tying on them and had a friend that was cool with me tying on her at home. So just kind of been building from there. What's the difference between tying for fashion, tying for photos, or or tying you know bondage? actually incorporating you know bondage into your into your? Okay, so when I tie for um for bondage, you're I'm actually trying to restrain somebody. The purpose is to um, prevent movement of certain parts of the body. When and when a part of that is like the pressure points and things that need to be pressed in order to cause. Um, the blood flow to change because if the blood flow changes it causes like a head high kind of a thing right um so that's a lot of like the bondage stuff is that the whole purpose of that is to restrain movement my fashion stuff the purpose of it is to be pretty right so like a lot of what i tie for fashion is like hip harnesses and chest harnesses or i do like a full body harness so my purpose in that for because i have a lot of women that come to me and they're like listen i hate my stomach okay cool I understand that. So you don't want me to just tie a chest harness and a hip harness because you wouldn't get in a bikini. Right. Kind of. So I have, like, my longer ropes, and I'll tie, like, full corsets for people where it's, like, it's a chest harness, and it's a corset that covers, like, their midsection that they're uncomfortable with, and then it's a hip harness. And they can wear lingerie under that um, as long as it doesn't have an underwire. So as a part of that, it, it accentuates the chest and makes that look larger because you're pulling everything together with the rope kind of like a bra would, except you don't have the bra fabric on the front. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, unless you have a bra underneath, obviously. But then um, my hip harnesses, the whole purpose is to, like, lift the butt. So everything that women hate about themselves, I'm trying to make them love about themselves through rope. Right. Yeah. So that like that's that's my purpose of my fashion stuff. It's more like about pretty knots and I don't because some people come to me and they're like, Oh, well you're tying Shibari. No. 
I, I'm not tying Shabari. Shabari comes with a lot of rules and regulations, and it all has to be symmetrical. And yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. People take it real, real seriously. Exactly, exactly. So I have people that ask me, oh, can you teach a Shabari workshop? No, I cannot. I do not know Shabari. I don't. But I know the safety aspects of rope. I, I know my knots that can and can't be tied at certain spots. I know the pressure points and those things. That's important. Um, but that's why I don't tie very much bondage, because I don't know Shabari, and most of the bondage stuff looks prettier in my opinion if it's shibari if it's perfect perfectly lined symmetrical pretty um plus there's a much higher risk with the bondage stuff but if i'm tying for photos most of the time i end up tying fashion stuff because that's kind of what people have started to know me with right versus the bondage which i'm actually happy about because there's not very many people that are tying bond i mean that are tying fashion um and for somebody that's never been in rope I think being tied in a fashion tie is a good first step for somebody because, you know, you don't have the binding, oh, I can't get out of this. Right. It's not a restricting thing. It's, 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 it's just the basically feeling. creating an outfit. Yeah. But it's, it's the feeling of the rope that I'm then getting them used to is like, you know, the feeling of like, cause your breathing is a little different, you know, whenever you're in like a full body harness. Of course. It's no different than putting on a corset and trying to breathe. But for somebody that's never put on a corset, you don't know that that's how it's going to be. So it's kind of the same concept um, because you, you have to be able to get yourself in a mental state that this is okay. Um, and as long as, you know, and that's why I tie the fashion stuff. Because if you can get yourself in the mental state that it's okay to be in rope and you understand, like, the rope marks and those things and what feels normal and what's not normal in fashion, and I, and I can see that you can communicate with me properly in fashion rope, then I can move farther into, like, the bondage rope with that person. Right. But until, I, until I've built a, a relationship, relationship where they can, you know, I, I know how the communication's working... I, I'm not tying bondage. It's it's just it's so scary. Because again, if something goes wrong, it goes really wrong. And that can cause nerve damage for the rest of somebody's life. Like I have a friend that can't feel her one leg at all because somebody um messed up rope. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. If if you're not slipped the wrong way and they don't get you out of it fast enough, it can cause nerve damage forever. Um and that that's why that's why everybody was giving me so much backlash when I first started because I was doing a lot of like bondagey stuff on myself, right. and they're like, you know, they started seeing it and they thought I was tying bondagey stuff on other people. And if I'm tying bondagey stuff on other people and I haven't set up a communications relationship with them, that can be very dangerous. Yeah. So rightfully so. Um, however, that's that's exactly why I started tying like the fashion stuff. Plus, it's it's different. That's kind of my other reason. Because, you know, everybody everybody that picks up rope is like, oh, let's do bondage. No. We, everybody does bondage. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. That's right. cool. I can, I can do it. But I don't want to be known for it. It's really hard to get known for something that everybody else is doing. What's your goal? Where do you, where do you want to go with, with, like... Right now, I have a couple different avenues. And I'm just kind of seeing where they all go. So, like, I have those shows that I'm doing with my friend um, that that if that takes off, I'm doing rope at those shows as well. So, like, I'm tying, I'm taking, like, poly and tying basic harnesses on people at those events as well as doing, like, the dominant sub shit. So, um, with that, you know, that's honestly, I just want to teach people about the safety. So, yeah. like, that's my biggest thing is I just want people to 
if they're going to practice rope, do so safely. So like, however I can, I can go about promoting that I'm doing so. So like those DNS shows are a good opportunity because anybody that, um, comes to me about being tied there, I can explain that to them. Um, and I can kind of teach them as I'm working with them. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole big motorcycle thing is just like a big publicity stunt of, Hey, look, I'm doing rope and I did it on myself. Um, but that, that's just more of finding new avenues. But right now it's just, I mean, I'm just kind of building on the designer side, um, for my fashion stuff and seeing what happens. I, I, I have no defined goals until after October. Because, like, right now my goal is to make sure that my fet ball goes well and to get on the road with these shows and see how that goes. Yeah. And, you know, from there, I'll build from that. Because if, if the fet ball goes well, then I need to find a different fabric that is a um, semi-stretchy, not very stretchy um, fabric in order to start making my designs um, sellable. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, you're basically creating custom things for everybody that you're working with rope-wise. How do you turn that into a? How do you turn that into a product? Um, there's a couple. Then, yeah. Okay. But there's um, there's a different. There's ha- There has to be a fabric, but I haven't found it yet. Um, that I can tie and sew in, and then you'd literally like step into it and pull it up like you would any other outfit. Right. So I just have to get the tangible product to figure that out. Yeah. I just haven't done that yet. <laughs> and then figure out how to mass produce it and yeah. sell it. Yeah, pretty put much. It out take, there. take it out to conventions and things is kind of my goal with that. Take it out to conventions and, and then also with this biker thing that I'm doing, you know, start selling private sales through that. Right. Because, um, I mean, some of it, you can't really do sizing because it has to it has to be stable. Right. Um so I can't do small, medium and large because with some of the ties the purpose is to see like the the roll in that it causes in the skin. Right. So if if you're small and it you put it on and it's not tight tight, it you're not going to get the same effect as if you know, as the rope would give. Right. And I want to be able to give that effect. So I I'm working on trying to find the proper fabric to do so. I just I haven't found it yet. But oh, once it I do that, like a project. yeah. But once I do that, I can offer custom outfits at um, at the events where people can come out and actually have me tie it on them, and then from there I can take it home and do custom orders. Right. So. So um yeah. That's it's a really big project, but yeah. it's a project that's worth it because for people that you know, because obviously I can't go around and teach everybody. It's, sure. it, that's that's just it's not possible. So for people that want to have that look of rope, but understand that hey, it's dangerous, it gives them an an option if they don't have somebody safe to tie with that they can like, because you know like fetish events or like go, even going out to the corral, people like to have those kind of things on. Right. Um, so I'm trying to, again, it goes back to the normalization of the fetish lifestyle is, um, I'm trying to normalize the rope thing, like help people understand that, you know, it can, it can be pretty. It doesn't have to be scary and dangerous and whatever. It can be pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. I think it sounds cool. I do too. How do people find you? 
Uh, my website, emilyrosemodeling.com. Pretty easy. Social media? Uh, everything's under Emily Rose Modeling. Okay. Everything. And um, my website has all of my links to everything else on it, um, on the bookings page. Nice. So. Well, I'm going to let you go because you need to finish your makeup so we can actually take some pictures. Mm -hmm. Sounds but good. That was yeah. a great. But that was a great podcast. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye, guys. Hold on. i got to click the button to turn this off. Wait one second. We're still going. Thank mm -hmm. you.